On a personal level, Denise and I are not only Christian siblings, but we are author siblings, because Plough Publishing House has published her work from Red Earth, and Sam Hine, the publisher, reached out to me and said, Jason, would you like for Denise? Um, no, he said, do you know anyone, any church where you would recommend that she comes and shares? I said, definitely Manhattan Mennonite Fellowship <laughs> first. And um, so she's here with us this evening. My, my book doesn't come out until November, but both of our books come out in 2019, which is very nice. Denise has a remarkable story. I would like to just read a little bit of her bio, which you can follow along with me if you would like in our bulletin. Sakina Denise Uimana Reinhardt was born to Rwandan immigrant parents in Burundi. She later moved to Rwanda where she met her husband, Charles. When she was 29, she survived the Rwandan genocide of 1994 with her three sons. Her husband was killed. After finding personal healing and reconciliation, she went on to find Eriba Shalom International, an organization that provides material and spiritual help to genocide survivors. She remarried and now lives with her husband, Dr. Wolfgang Reinhardt, in Kassel, Germany. Together they continue to work for healing in Rwanda. I would like to read just the first paragraph of the beginning of her book from Red Earth. I have heard that in the United States, people remember exactly what they were doing when planes hit the Twin Towers. In my country too, we remember a plane crash that way. There is this difference. On September 11th, nearly 3,000 people died. In Rwanda, smaller in size and population than Ohio, the number was three times that many every day for a hundred days. Or think of it this way, if you stack 15 copies of this book, every word represent one man, woman, or child murdered during the genocide against the Tutsi. I'm trying to help people grasp what happened because no one can picture a million human beings killed, not even we who survived. We welcome Denise Uwimana. Yes, thank you very much for the warm welcome, for the possibility to speak here before my dear wife will give her testimony. I thought to share a few words about the context, the history. Not everybody might know what happened in 94. So it was a real genocide. And there is a difference between genocide and mass killings and war crimes. 9-11 was terrible. We saw it on TV, of course. But uh, it's much worse when one group of population should be eliminated systematically. Leave none to tell the story. This was the motto of the killers, so there should be no witness left. The whole Tutsi population, by the way, Tutsi Hutu were not races, they were not tribes, they were ethnies, 
as the colonial power thought, but originally more like socio-economic classes. When you had a certain wealth, you were Tutsi, but you could become a Tutsi when you had been a Hutu, mainly a farmer. And the colonial powers misunderstood it, and also the dominating Catholic Church in Rwanda. And then after the Germans were there only very shortly, then the Belgians came in, in the 1930s. It was written in the passport if you, had, if you were a Hutu, Tutsi, or Twa. And this should become the death sentence for hundreds of thousands soon later. It started actually not in 94, but 30 years before when Tutsi already were discriminated, expelled, thousands were killed, hundreds of thousands had to leave the country as the parents of Denise went to Burundi. And then it became worse in the 1990s when the rebellion army or the liberation army of RPF entered the country because the Tutsi were prevented over three decades to return to the country. So they wanted to enter the country and have a multi-party system but this was prevented mainly by the French power who wanted to maintain the Francophone influence in Africa. And so it started a civil war. And only in the very, already in the very beginning of 1990, there were, was a terrible propaganda. Genocide always starts with discrimination of minorities and dehumanizing propaganda. There were, for instance, the Ten Commandments of the Hutu, which said, no Hutu man shall marry a Tutsi woman or be friendly with a Tutsi woman. All positions must be given to Hutu only. And the most terrible of the so-called commandments was the Hutu must stop to have mercy with the Tutsi. And this should become true in the most terrible way very soon after. In 1994, if you heard, the plane was crushed in which the Brandon President Habib Ramana was sitting and some other officials. And this immediately, uh, the, the Tutsi were made guilty for that. But today we have many international investigations which show that the old Hutu military forces had downed the plane in order to prevent any power sharing in Rwanda. They wanted to maintain power under all circumstances. But then after the six 7th of April, the next 100 days, 1 million Tutsi and also thousands of moderate Hutu were killed. And so you can imagine 10,000 per day at the average. It was the quickest genocide of uh, history, seven times as quick as the Holocaust in my country, Germany. And it was also the most public genocide of history because uh, it was, it happened not in concentration camps, but everywhere, in every village from morning till night, under the eyes of the international community, which did nothing. And it was a, a genocide with the greatest participation of the normal public. Not only militias, but every woman was called and forced and pushed to kill his Tutsi wife, his Tutsi woman, his Tutsi children. And it was a special cruelty because it was a grace to be shot. People have paid money to be shot instead of being machetated or brought to death in other cruel ways. So it's just to understand the background, but now Denise will share her personal testimony. Thank you for the invitation. 
As my husband said, my parents fled from Rwanda in 1960 because the Hutu wanted to kill them. That's why I was born in Burundi, neighbor country of Rwanda. I grew up in Congo, and later I came to Rwanda just to marry. It was December 1987. Two years maybe half, it was October 1990. My husband was put into prison with other intellectual uh, Tutsi who were in the country. As my husband said that there was a war. At that time, I took my refuge to God because I was a Christian. I grew up in a Christian family. I read the Bible. God spoke to me through his word in the Bible, sometimes in dreams, sometimes friends. Once I met a Hutu, he talked to me, Denise, I have a message for you. I was curious to know which kind of the message I'm going to get. He told me, God said, you still have many problems. But he said, what a man cannot do for you, God will do it for you. When my husband was released from the prison, at that time I worked in the south of, southwest of Rwanda in the cement company called Simerwa. If you go today, you can see the cement company called Simerwa. It's only the one in Rwanda. They all worked, and because the company was led by uh, extremist Hutu, he was not allowed to work again. But I stayed there, he must flee, he went. And when I got the message, uh, which this Hutuman told me that I still have a problem, for, uh, for me, I was expecting that God would tell me, now in the country there will be peace, your man, your husband will come back at home, you will enjoy life, you will have peace, but it was not the case. The message was clear, although I did not really welcome the message. Even when my husband was in the prison, there was someone behind the gate who was controlling people who will come to see me at home. And those who tried to come to visit me at home, try to say hello or to see how I am, they were put in, into prison also. If, even my houseboy, who was houseboy, the man who, young boy who helped me at home, he was a Hutu. They beat him and they put him into prison because they asked him to betray my husband, but he refused. Now we are in April 1994. 16 April, it was the date me, my people in the house, and all Tutsi around uh, must be killed. Before noon, a friend of mine who used to go to do shopping for me, she was a Hutu woman, woman 
She came back, she told me, I saw your, hand, your aunt, Priscilla, she lay, she lay on down, her father-in-law, her two boys were killed. And I heard the militias say, Hutu militias, that they are coming to you to kill you and all Tutsi around. What I did first, I went to my neighbor to make peace with her. She was from Catholic faith. You will read her testimony in the book. Her name is Goretti. And when we were exchanging, ex uh, uh, talking about what is go was going on, we heard the militias were coming, were shooting, and we, everyone ran. I ran in the house. In the house were 10 people. So there were my cousins, there were my brother-in-law, my husband was not there. You will get the details in the book. Because I was responsible of the family, uh, at that time I was also uh, pregnant. My husband used to come only night and went again early morning. I told them, so let us prepare ourselves to be killed and we had some to exchange, to ask for forgiveness, to pray, to speak our last prayer. And I heard already that militias were attacking the house of my neighbor, Goretti. And then I spoke to them, I feel that some of us will be killed and the other will survive, but for those who will be killed, we'll meet in heaven. I spoke in French, rendezvous au ciel. And I had my second son on my back. I fled in the bathroom. Other went in my bedroom. Other in the guest room. In the bathroom, when I was there, I struggled with God. I was a Christian. I struggled. I told God, you failed me. Why you never tell me the truth? You told me you'd protect me, but I do not see any, any chance. I told him, I confess my sin. I know I'm coming to heaven, but you failed me, you supported me. I spoke all my struggle to God. When I finished everything to speak, the militias was already in my house. I heard how they killed my young cousin, Therese. I lost all my fear. I lost, I became strong. I waited just to be killed and to die. And head behind the door, the militias were telling each other, oh, there must be someone here. They destroyed the door, they faced me, they saw me. They were armed by, by sword, they had machetes, machetes, grenades, they were wearing grenades. But I had no fear again, just wait today to die. Instead to kill me directly because they have a mission to kill me, they started a dialogue with me. They asked first me to give them money. First I told them, take, my, I take everything I have in the, in the house. I had nice, nice things, or just marry He said, no. Then I saw they are serious. I said, let me give you money. I went in my, the bedroom. I met my young cousins, my brother-in-law. They were already in agony. They were killed, but in agony. I gave them money, and one took money. He disappeared to another. I said, let her, she's not dangerous. Let her, she's not dangerous. 
And then another one said, no. Why do you not want to kill this Tutsi woman? He rose his sword and want to kill me. And another stopped his hand. No, let her. She's not dangerous. And they went to kill other Tutsi in the area. It was the first time they faced me. Other days, they just came behind the gate. They shout. Uh, they said, do you think you are the most important woman than the prime minister winning Iman Agat? Winning Iman Agat was a moderate, uh, a moderate, um, she was a moderate uh, Hutu uh, uh, who was killed the first because he, she refused to join the killing. And they were shouting outside, do you think you are the most important woman? But they did not come because the gate was closed. But at that time, they came with all kinds of the weapons. They destroyed the door. In Africa, we used to have metallic door to protect ourselves, but there were no protection. protection. There were no hiding place at that time. And then when they went, I remember in, I was a fall in sub, and subconscious. I did not know what happened to me. And later I, I recovered. I must see where my, my firstborn was and other child I cared for when outside the house. When I arrived south, I had my house voice. He told me, Mama Fiston. He, he called me the nickname of my firstborn. In, in our culture, we do not always speak the name of the mother. He said to me, please, go up, go back in their house. I don't want to see where they will kill you because they said they will come to kill you. It was the truth. They did not come one, set, two times. In 100 days, they came always to kill me. I went in the bedroom. I gave him my second son. When I came in the bedroom, my, my, uh, one of my cousins was still under the bed. He called, he told me, please, I'm still alive, come. I crawled under the bed. I laid in, in blood of my cousins who were killed. When I was there, I could not change any movement. I was pregnant, ready to give birth. All the afternoon, because they came around one o'clock. All the afternoon, during the night, I don't know which time, under the bed, lying in the, in the blood, hearing my cousins crying, Jesus of Nazareth, help me, have mercy on me, until she died. And under the bed, my water broke. The mother understood the situation out in which I was. Who could help me? Shortly, I went to the to my my neighbor. So, but before I had time to wash myself to change clothes, I went to my neighbor. She was a Hutu to seek help. When I went there, I knocked to the door. And she asked me, "Who are you?" I said, "I'm Denise." Then she told me, "Oh no! If I open the door for you, these killers." will kill me and they will kill you. But at least she opened the doors and she asked me, are you going to give birth to Yes. I went to the bed in the guest room. When I arrived there, before even I gave my, my, gave my 
He throwed it at the second. They wait, silent, nothing. That's why I'm here. And then they said they should go to, to, to look for cable and the light and lamp to, in order to go to the ceiling to seek my cousins. When they went, then I was very, I had cramped on my leg. I couldn't again stand. I saw this woman, she could give me other clothes. You can understand that I was, all my, my clothes for, was full for blood. Then she gave me other clothes and she, I went outside. They killed my cousin. They, you see the details in the book how people were killed. Then they took me to the clinic, met my there. There are some people whom they marched us. They went there. They thought maybe they would get refuge there, but nothing. They went there. In, I met my, my, my neighbor there, Goret, with her children. They marched her on the head. You will see the history in, uh, in the testimony, in the book. Her husband was killed, firstborn, and others, people were in other rooms of the clinic. They, then the militias again came to kill me. Then, when they, they came to ask, who are the women who gave birth? I said, it's me, nothing to hide. I said, it's me, because I know I'm not better than others who are killed, I'm here. And then, which kind of baby did you give birth? My friend already gave me a son. I should say that he's a girl, but I know I'm going to be a kid. I'm going to die. I want to not to be to die with, with lies. I say, it's a boy. It's a boy. And this killer has his uh, uh, sword, and he said, do you know what we have done in Mukoma? No, ma, no baby boy, all we exterminated. And this place of Mukoma in South of Rwanda is where now we are doing the work of reconciliation in Riba Shalom, Rwanda. In Germany, we have Riba Shalom International. And then he took his sword, he wanted to kill my firstborn, and then maybe the angel, the angel was to stop. I can say this. And he thought, this is your son, the second son, was my second son, Christian, yes. He's a boy, he's a boy. And he want to kill. I can say the angel stopped the, the, the hand. And he said, I want you to rape you all. I was praying inside, oh Lord, let me die, let me die. My friend Goredi could speak. No, please, Denise, just leave birth. Please, no, I'm pregnant. She was also pregnant with Unfortunately, also her baby died in the womb. So, just to tell you, in 100 days of the genocide against the Detutsi, every day I was victim to be killed. I, I saw where people were killed. I, I experienced how Christians unfortunately were directly involved to kill or directly or the indirectly. I, I was very disappointed. My child, who was four years, asked, Mama, is, the, is this the end of the world? I had no answer. And I, I thought maybe God 
There is no more God. And is God still there? He loves only Hutu. Why Tutsi have been killed? Are we being, are, uh, are, are we being killed? No one stopped. So I was confused. And I even I said to God, what do you say to the, at, at the last judgment of these people who have, have been killed like flies? No one says stop. So I was confused. And I said to God, I said to God, if you let me survive, I will tell to people, all people, all nations, that there is a God and I will encourage them to trust in you. Shortly, I survived. When I survived, I was deeply traumatized. Deeply traumatized. I even touched my body to feel if I'm still alive. I was disappointed because I saw that Christians were involved. All denominations, all men, most of the Hutu were involved. Few Hutu did not uh, did not kill. I got angels Hutu who helped me. As I were angels, there are people whom I did not really expect them to, to that they will help me. Because those who I expected they will be close to me to help me, I did not see anyone. And I struggle with hate. I hate the Hutu. I struggle to even judge God. Why? You are able to protect. Why do you not do anything to us? Why, when again we Tutsi will build again families? So I had many questions. And once when I was struggling with the head, with many questions, disappointed with darkness, because I passed through the head. You cannot imagine that in Rwanda 10,000 people were being killed every day and night. And even if people when said, to God taking the, the hand on Tutsi. Yeah? So this is the way people were speaking and even the Christians were preaching everywhere. And Hutu fled from Rwanda to Congo or in other places, neighbor countries. They killed, they did everything they want to do, they plundered and again they came back. When they came back to Rwanda, they had nothing. Once Hutu, Hutu one woman Hutu came to me, now, she wanted to have food, she wanted to have clothes. When she came to me, I opened the door, I welcomed her, but I ran directly to kneel before my bed to ask God, what do you want to tell me? Is it possible that these people can dare to come to us? They forgot what they have done. But in her voice, voice talked to me. Denise, you survive by grace. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil by doing good. Help. Remember that in 100 days, I fulfilled the message. I, my promise to you, I gave you food. I protect you. Give chance to these people to know that they have done wrong things. Let them feel guilty and let them help them to repent what they have done against you. But I said, no, 
they are no longer people. They are no longer no, they are, they are no, they are worse than animals. Animals were kind to us. We have, to, uh, we have a testimony of people who said how animals support them when they are, when they were in bushes hiding. People could even share with, with dogs when they had, they hid themselves in the house. Dog could not bear some testimony we had, but voice continue to tell me. So I began to cry. I began to ask forgiveness about the hate because the voice of God told me Denise gave a chance and it was clear. It was clear because we survived as widows. We are very young. Many were raped. 215,000 women, 200,000 500 were raped, 17 were HIV, AIDS positive, were suffering, wounded in inner wounds, external wounds. So it was hell after genocide, darkness. I hit my question, how I will gain against trust to my neighbors? And that time I start to pray, to pray. No prayer did not help. I fasted. I took them to fast and to feel again close to God. I said again, reconciliation with God, ask forgiveness. Jesus, forgive my head. And, and once I was praying, God gave me a message, clear message again from Acts chapter 26, verse 16 to 18. You can read yourself at home and meditate. It was clear message. Rise up, stand up on your feet and appear, appear to you to appoint you as my servant. I'm sending you to your, to your people and to foreigner people. You will help them. You will help them. To, to open, you will open, help them to open their the eyes, to get out from darkness to the, to the light. They will come from the power of the devil to God, so that they get forgiveness of their sins, and they can be part of my kingdom. You can read the message. The message gave me strength. I was such a weak, traumatized, but it gave me strength. I feel to stand up as I got the message. I make a step. This hood to no one dare to come. I was seeing the women wearing my nice clothes, hearing that where my nice equipment were plundered, but I did not have need anything from them. Now the voice was clear in me. I talked to the leader of the place where we, we lived, asked to please God people. I want to talk to them. He could not also understand what, where, which courage I, I had. But he called the people and then I asked them, why no one from you never come to ask me to apologize, to ask me for forgiveness. You have killed my people, you planned everything but why you never come to me? All looked down, all were ashamed I told them I know that the government will put you in the prison because you have done wrong to us. But God told me I should speak with you. 
about what, about the wrong things we have done to us. God wants you to repent that for the killing of the, all sins, all bad things, evil you have done to us. Oh, look down, they were ashamed. And I spoke, and then we came, I asked them, what do you want? I asked, what do you want me to do for you? And everyone said, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And I told them, yes, I'm ready to forgive you. I spoke, yes, I forgive you. And one woman among them, I can see the image of this woman. She did not expect such a grace of forgiveness. She cried, she cried with a big emotion. She said, oh, Denise forgives us like Jesus on the cross. I make a step. I forget. This was the first step I did publicly. But every day, I should prove that I forgave. It was a long process. Every day, everyday life until now. Forgiveness in the family, forgiveness at, in the, at, in, in the, at work, forgiveness in the society. You know, God told me that I should tell people, help them to get out from the darkness. You know what you are dealing through here in America. You are in a society of discrimination, hate, division, all kinds of sins, terrorism. But God told me, should teach you the love of him because when God told, told me I should give chance to the Hutu to feel guilty, I saw a God open me again eyes to see the love of God. God loves everyone. We people, we make the, the world between us, the limit. Hmm? No, this, I don't want you to talk to me. And we are Christians. So we are wrong, totally wrong. God loves everyone. If you are serving God, you should not, not have a division. If you are serving Lord, you should not live in hate. God told me, should teach you love instead of hate. And I'm telling you, I don't know what kind of Wounds you are dealing with, but Jesus is the one who is the healer. He heals all kinds of wounds, and he gave also he gives also pers new perspective, new hope in Jesus. And you are here. You are listening this message. You are as a disciple of Jesus to spread the message to other people to deal with, with forgiveness, to help you for yourself. Maybe you are struggling, don't give up. Show your weaknesses to God. Because myself, I show God, Jesus, when, when I couldn't forgive. I told him, no, I cannot. But I did not give up to show my weakness, to tell him, please help me, help me. 2009, I came to the building of United Nations. 
when we were visiting the Vietnam nation, God reminded remind me that I had the head which was somewhere hidden in my, in my heart because I had the soldiers of the United Nations because they let us be killed in Rwanda. After genocide, they came in my surrounding, saying that they are making securities there. I said, oh, what are you doing here? We were killed. I had them. But when I was there, God showed me the head which was in my heart. And oh, I asked God, what do you want to tell me? I prayed. I went in the bathroom. And again, God told me through the message of Isaiah 49, where it said, it's possible that a mother can forget her child, but did not forget you. And I saw United Nations, it's like a mother of the all, all countries, but they forget us. They did not support us, but God support us. That's why I am alive, because he has a purpose. I survived. By grace, I wrote in the book, in the book of this, you, United Nations, you led us, us during the genocide, you were killed. I hated you, but today I forgive you. But please support widows and orphans in Rwanda. So today I'm here to tell you that God loves us. Lord loves everyone and he wants us to serve as children of God, to be a light, not be dark. The, the world is dark, but he wants you to live in the light, to follow Jesus, Jesus as he said to love one another and spread the message of healing, whatever which kind of wounds you experienced, you can. In Rwanda, we had a good reconciliation. In my work, we had survivors who were able to, 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 to forgive the killers. Now we do a very good reconciliation work among survivors and the former killers of former murder, now we have become brothers and sisters in our neighborhood. So I welcome you to Rwanda to come to this art, to stand behind the work of Riba Shalom International and please to keep the message of healing and forgiveness as yours, to focus to Jesus and to spread the message because you were also chosen. Thank you. We'll take one minute for reflection on Denise's powerful testimony of forgiveness.